we're in the now, we're facing the now, and we can start to see what the future is. We're thinking perfectionism on 110% of something when everyone else could be satisfied with 70% of what's on offer currently, and that's 100% more than they need. What do we need to do to generate the income that we need to maintain the life that we've got so that the people that we love around us can have the life that they would like to have? In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. I'm not going to say what day it is because we learned that lesson before. Today is now. Now is today. The day that is in it. It's here and now. It doesn't matter the date. But the day that's on the calendar, which I'm not going to tell you, but there's a little saying for it. And today's saying is do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. And this is very poignant. I don't even know how to say that word. Poignant. George might enunciate poignant. it better than me. I can't even spell it. Poignant. You can, it might be French or something else, but poignant or whatever the word is, in the sense that we have our come to Jesus moments. We have them every other day. I have them every 15 minutes at the moment. I'm walking out the door and I'm having rushes and palpitations of, is am I doing it right? What am I meant to be doing? And then I take another three steps and go, and, and now what? And it doesn't still stand. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having concerns with the, I, the future keeps on trying to seep into the present. So I know there's bills in the future. It could be for my college fees for my, for my children. I'm going, they're extra, if I don't have savings now, they're extra money that I don't currently have now. And even if I was earning whatever I'm earning now and spending on my basic, my current spending patterns, then I won't have a den either because what I earn now, I spend now. I don't, I, if I don't have any savings now, then there's nothing that's gonna have extra unless I earn more or cut my costs and save. But either which way, the worry of that doesn't belong now. The planning of that is the, is the way you're meant to look at it. Because do not let what, let what you cannot do interfere with what you can. I, I, I'm trying to interpret that every day to be, what can I do now to make sure that then is taken care of? Then doesn't belong now, but I can't, like I sometimes do, just let things roll out and happen. And when I get there, it'll all be okay on the night or the day. It might be. I've been very lucky to date in the sense of the universe has been very, very kind. And usually when I get there, it's already took care of itself. But you can't be sure of that. So I, myself and George are going, we know we will be successful if we keep turning up. We can't worry about the things we cannot affect in the future. Now, we need to plan for them if we just something we're meant to be doing and we have to maybe identify them or be aware of them. And that's the sort of conversation we're having on every other day of the week now, not only in a business context, but also in my personal life because it's starting to see true. What I do in my business needs to lead to excess monies or savings that will take care of college fees for my children in the future or pensions afterwards or a holiday because... If the money is not there now, the only way it's going to be is by doing some things in the present and the next set of nows that lead to that end result. So it, it, we are saying don't let it interfere, but you do have to be mindful of and you have to be cognizant of it and you have to plan for it in some way or form. Back to you, mm -hmm. George. Well, my mind was kind of thinking of um, a change is as good as a rest.
which is a little saying that's done. And quite often you can be working away in a project and you can get frustrated with it because you can't quite solve the problem that you're trying to achieve. And it just seems to be inescapable to you. And it's just, you know, it's just out of reach at this particular point in time. And the thing is that quite often we tend to grapple with that problem, create headaches for ourselves even more because we're persistently carrying on. Whereas the, what we should be doing is taking a break, having a change. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why quite often I would have several projects on the go at one time, because I know that at a certain point, this project is going to come to a grounding halt. There's nothing I can do uh, and I can't just sit on it. I don't want to just sit on it. But as opposed to just waiting around or putting myself under extreme pressure to solve that problem, if I then move across to this problem, I can now start to solve that one until I come to the similar sort of problem, you know, a similar sort of problem. Uh, block that I may have there. And that, again, it's storytelling because when, quite often we have blocks that stop us from achieving our goals. And what we have to do is learn how to make adjustments so we can refocus on those goals. And it may mean that we have to go off at a tangent slightly. But if we've got another project, that it's like another rail that we can jump onto to go on to keep the journey going. I think that works out quite well. And, and, and that's where we're at because we know there are things beyond our control. Uh, and at those points, we need to we need to just chill. We need to accept where we are. We need to accept the presence that we find ourselves in, not make it worry, because a lot of people then get into that, as Garvin says, that that mode where your chitter chatter box starts to invade and starts to get you worried, starts to tell you all the all the catastrophes that could happen if you carried on going down this particular journey and you know you'd be wasting your time and you never actually get anywhere. Whereas the reality is, as opposed to wasting that energy on that chitter chatter box, you can actually sideline yourself into something else that, that starts to move you forward because you can achieve those things. They're the little things that you can do as opposed to letting the thing that you can't do at this point stop you. And I think we've achieved that with our 73 or so episodes of the podcast and vlogcast. We can do this. We can do this now. We, we, we've had a few problems today. There's, there's a few things that we just can't face. And as opposed to worrying about those, we've moved on to the sideline thing, which is the podcast today. And now we're recording a podcast. And we found the key words that will trigger and allow us to get that energy to, to move forward, which is what we're doing now. And by the end of you know, in, in about another 30 minutes time, we'll have completed this episode. I'll just have a little bit of editing to do and come this Friday. Everybody else can listen to, uh, see what happened, what problems we occurred in the middle of this, whether or not someone's calling me out. I don't think my mechanic's going to come for me this week, so we won't have that problem. But we, we meet the needs. We're in the now. We're facing the now. And we can start to see what the future is. I know there's a few things that I'm starting to look at because I'm coming to the end of one journey. And um, because I like to sow several seeds off, you know, because you never know which one's going to sprout and you make adjustments as you come along, I'm starting to sow the seeds for there's nothing I can do once I've sown those seeds. We've just got to let them sprout up and see what happens. But if you don't sow those seeds, then nothing's going to sprout up. Nothing will happen and those other opportunities won't occur. Mm -hmm. Garvin's <coughs> been doing that with a few friends of his. He's, he's a, th a thought, a little seed came into his head because of the some of the things he was worried about. And he went off and had a chat with a friend. And all of a sudden, this, this great path of possibilities suddenly opened up, which he couldn't see. That blind spot that he had a few moments ago opened up. 
because he now moved from the block, made the adjustment, got around it and can see the end point again, which excited him, gave him a sense of purpose, gave him a sense of direction. And now we can suddenly see the possibility that we could solve not only one problem, which is starting these little courses, but how to fund another thing that needs that re requires some kind of funding. A number of opportunities have arisen, and that gives us the motivation to, to, to move on. It's a bit like the fuel. You need the fuel. If you don't have the fuel, you'll stop. You'll stop dead in the water. You won't be able to move. But you've got to keep making sure the fuel keeps getting into the tank to give you that motivation to keep on going on. Now, I'd, what's <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, the names of the movies, but I know they're black. They're, they're very generic, black and white comedy type movies from the way back in the past of the early years of cinema. And the Harry Lloyds and the Buster Keaton type things and the Laurel Hardys and, and the Abbott and Costellos. But I don't even know if it's a real thing, but I know it's a generic something that's in the back of my mind. And what it was, using the language that George was using there, was there's a train on the track with a bunch of carriages. And at different points in time of these comedy scenarios, the carriages detach and start going on the, on the track beside it in parallel, sometimes passing out and falling back. And it could be there's a couple of gangsters fighting on top of the carriage and they're nearly falling off. And then it connects back in at the next bridge or next linkage and it's back into the same track and they're back on the same train on the same journey. And all the commotion was going on in parallel or faster or slower while everything was going at high speed and momentum. So what was very also been very interesting before I got that imagery was what George started to talk about just there was there was a little bit of serendipity and synchronicity over the weekend and I had a little bit of a shock as the bills coming down the line but then I remembered all of what we were teaching ourselves and mentoring ourselves stop 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 get a blank sheet actually I asked the wife to get me do you have an iPad I'm going to start with this my it's George I know writes things under uh, the artist's way and I was going it's not quite that this was just a stop for a minute and go right five projects quickly I know this one is it's, it's a tough this is the goal this is the golden goose this is the hardest something that we could think of the most high value something but we said it has a certain journey of compliance restriction, difficulty, GDPR, honor it's very, very onerous. But when we get through it, we know we have we have give, given birth to the golden goose. But before that, we have to become farmers of some description with a farm. We better get a pen for it. We have to know what a goose does and is and can we feed it. So back to what we he was saying is we don't need to go straight to Golden Goose. You know, can we feck around with a couple of chickens first? Or do we have some idea? We need to get something out there. We need to get a, a, a smaller version of it so the market understands and we can show an evidence of us doing something similar a lot easier. If we can't do a something smaller, a lot easier, simpler, how the hell would, will the world and its mother expect us to do the golden goose, hardest, most rigorous, compliant thing on the planet? They're not going to be believe the future story unless they see an evidence now. So what I start writing down was the other sidecar projects that will that will inject bits of believability that I need to do so when we arrive at that timeline, 
the farmyard is there the hay is in the loft the, the food is in the is in the is in the, the bowl the, we can feed it we can nurture it we can grow it we can get get it a mate and get some more golden gooses get those gold because we don't want the golden goose we want the egg we want the golden goose's eggs they're gold that's why you're trying to get the goose it's not to have the goose and look at it it's to get that little recurring income egg model continuously being <coughs> excuse me being produced on a regular basis that people know the value of it's a golden goose egg it's gold it's unique it's boutique i want it it's high value if you have that the market understands so to revert back a little bit for a second i start writing down i need to paint over here i need to clean over there i need them all to be there and ready when the golden goose arrives to take care of it. And that's what's starting to happen now. I may not be able to manifest a golden goose, but I can certainly build its accommodation. I can get it ready for it. I can talk to talk as if it was already there. We know it's on the way. Let's show it where it's going to live and go play and lay those eggs. And that's what suddenly came back into my vision. I can achieve those things now these are the projects i need to reprioritize and run in parallel so in time when those carriages come from the parallel runs and those comedy routines they'll all come back together a little further up the track and remake the train and now everyone can understand and hopefully that now makes sense to me as the bite-sized chunks of what we can do that we can control back to you George. so buster keaton in 1936 did a film called the general and that one looks as though it has a load of trains and things on it, which would, you know, the pictures that you were painting earlier on seem to be that kind of uh, film that he would have been. And, and apparently it's on YouTube. You can actually find it on YouTube. and It's called The General. So it's well worth looking at just, just to get the imagery that uh, the Garvin was actually talking about there. I think, I think it's important that we, we, we're stressing to people, you've got to have parallel projects going on. One one of the things I've seen is is um, somebody was involved in a, in a project that we we had um, around about thirty years ago now, near enough. Uh, again, it was one of those sort of situations where a lot of people were putting a lot of time into it, putting a lot of effort, but there wasn't any any money in it, and somebody had an opportunity for a job, and they decided not to take it because they wanted to just keep on doing what they're doing at the moment, and we actually went. Ah, that's not necessarily a good idea because at this particular time your situation is quite volatile and that job would have solved a lot of problems like paying your rent for example making sure you got food for you and your kids so so we kind of felt look you know we appreciated the loyalty that was going on but they needed to meet meet their needs first before they could actually make that situation make that call um, and as it turned out unfortunately because of certain situations the project, not so long later, couldn't carry on for various different reasons, and that's happened on a few occasions where I know I've I've put in, I've put my all into a, a film project. I, I dedicated myself to it, uh, put all the effort in. Lots of promises were being made, and at the end of the day, it 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 didn't quite work out the way I was expected, even though I'd invested a, a massive amount of time. But I, I wanted to show that I was committed to that project to to show that you know I hadn't given up on it. So so in in many cases there there is the give your all 
which is, is a good thing, show your commitment, but you've got to make sure that your own interests are met, which are the basic interests, which are making sure you feed yourself, can pay your rent or mortgage, and, and, and the relationships that you're having with other people. Because uh, I, I'm doing a, a diaconate course at the moment, and the key thing there is family, job, and then the diaconate. And it's got to go in that order. You've got to make sure your family, if you're not looking after your family, you can't serve anybody else because you've mistreated your family. <clears throat> you've got to make sure your work comes up. So any other project that comes in afterwards has to come third compared to your family, what you're doing to work to make sure your family's secure and the project that you're actually trying to do. And it could be a, a, a viable and an amazing project, but quite often those projects take years and years and years. I, I, I'm working, I've worked with a colleague recently who'd spent at least 30 years working on a project. Well, if he dedicated himself purely to that, that, that project, he wouldn't have been here now. So he had to work on other things to make sure he could feed himself while he was doing that. Now, that's, that's the, the frustration. That's where you need to have patience in what you're doing. A project will, if it's got legs, it will keep on running. And I think that's an interesting image. If it's got legs, it will keep on running. And you need to make sure it can keep on running. And the best way to keep on running is to find what it need, what you need to do to ensure that your security, your safety, your well-being, and that of your family is is put is 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 satisfied. Then you can work on this little project. And at some point, if you keep nurturing it, it will take off and it will potentially become your main income. But again, I know of um, sort of business talk that have been taught in the past that you, you have that project that's in development. You have that project that now is becoming the forerunner. And then you've got what they call the cash cow, not the car, but the cash cow. The thing that is is kind of run, trundling along on its own legs but at some point in the not too distant future, it will fizzle out. Uh, but at the moment, you can actually start to keep bringing in your money from that while you're developing. And that will go into the development project, which you've got to have, because at some point that cash cow will die and you need something to take its place. And then you've got the other one that is the premium package that you're working on that is, is the one that you're hoping will keep you going and eventually it will become the cash cow and you've got to keep that cycle so there's three projects you've got to make sure you're running at, at, at any, any given time to make sure that you create that engine that's going that will keep you surviving and i think that's that's something hopefully uh garvin will collaborate on as as well now i'm you can't help but when you're scrolling on your phone to see today's Flavor, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum. Everybody's a billionaire putting three cents in and taking three million out three months later, three days later. I'm an I great look at my computer screen. I am a multimillionaire, you're not. And it cost me tuppence halfpenny. And why don't you do it too? And the weird thing is, if you start doing it, you're the very one that's causing them to make money because they got in, you're thrown in, you're after the fact. Your money is on a downhill curve, potentially because the masses flow in to try and be the me too winners and then it's only those who got in earlier is there's their their coin value is being pushed up and they get out on a high now i don't understand bitcoin don't claim to i know it's gambling and i know it's mad to look and believe any of what you see there and get jealous of it when 
I'm not going to suddenly turn around and buy a thousand quid worth of Bitcoin. And I know, I think today, I think, or yesterday, it fell 10%. And it's, so a lot of people got in at a high and have lost 10% of their money or 50% or even more if they hedged it and marginalized it and put a call on. So it's gambling at the extreme. You the main thing here is, now, when we're talking, and George is talking about projects and cash cows, we're, I think we're closer in our own mindset to real-world moving parts of things and projects that have physical presences or meaningful somethings. That's not a punt on a horse or a virtual investment in a, in a high-risk one or two shares. We don't, I don't understand that. I mean, the normal way you're meant to be doing it is investing in a portfolio of shares that you, you're in a bit in property, a bit in a, in a high-risk something, a bit in a low bond yield other. And the average blend, if you invested in the S&P index and it went up 10% a year over the last five years and you're evenly spread over it, you got a 10% return. You got 7% after taxes. Ever, you might get, you get negative nothing if you stuck it in the bank. You have to do something. And there's about 14 billion in extra savings in Ireland at the minute based on the, the, the pandemic and that money is nearly on negative interest. It's costing them to have it there. It's going to cost them more to have it there based on inflation and all the rest of it, eroding it even more and what people have to do is they're now being incentivized. You've got to take it out and get it into the economy. You've got to buy something, more than likely property again. Property is already a bubble to begin with. Shares, there's a crash coming or not and you have no control but You've got to let go of it and put it into something that will grow or to at least some understanding of a level of risk that you're willing to take. An awful lot of people are treating it as being, it's the money under the bed, it's in a bank. If the bank is safe and it's there, it doesn't disappear. And a negative nothing is better than the whole thing disappearing on a Bitcoin in the morning. So there's a reluctance. And they were the, the people that have this money are predominantly the people that got burnt twice in the last 10 years in the first place. They got hammered on a tech bust. Some of them got in on the boom. But if you were on the wrong side of it and you, got, you were hammered on the bust and then you, re, you got back up again, more than likely you were in property. You got hammered on the property sort of recession and the credit crunch. They got Their pensions are wiped out. And there's a whole market of people that are caught in it. They, they now have a negative nothing 30 years in. And they don't own the property they're in and they're leveraged up the yin-yang. And they're now getting a bit of cash again and going they nearly have to double up and triple up to try and get back to where they were 20 years ago or do they just sit it out and go I, I, I've, I've been twice burned I can't go for a third time even though I need to because they and this is they start gambling on Bitcoin because I need to double up triple up quadruple up in a month and I can't afford to lose and I, I feel sometimes I have a couple of quid and I go I can't if I put it on a horse race there's 10 horses running Someone's going to win. Nine are going to lose. If I win, there's something. The horse ran. He turned up. But nine times out of ten, you're going to lose in that horse race. Now, if you put it into property, unless it burns down, it's still there. Now, the lesson learned to the past was you're not leveraging 120%. That there was never you in it. It was always the banks. You're trying for a capital growth. The rent never paid the mortgage. That was the perfect storm of nonsense in the past those are getting to property now I, I love watching the Grant Cardone's and all the rest of it he says if I have 100 million I've got 500 million if I have a million I've got 5 I'm not I'm using the bank's money it's a 4 to 1 ratio of getting into property if I have something I now have 5 times it the goal is he says you're not Cash is trash. You're not meant to have cash because it, it's already disappearing. You're meant to empower it 
into passive income. Passive income is not spending the money. Passive income is buying an asset that has a recurring income rent in it or a dividend. So shares and equities. You're meant to convert it and empower it into earning. It becomes that cash cow George is saying. You've, you've, you've got, I am, I have a property, I might have some rent. I go, that's banked. As long as the house exists and renters are in it and I own it and there's no mortgage, I will get this passive income of that I can trust to be there. And your goal is to get a second one. Now, if you have no mortgage on that, I am as an accountant, I'm immediately going, I should be Grant Cardone. If I have 100,000, I should have 400,000 worth of loan. I should have five of them, five incomes at a cost capital of 4% and a return of 10 that I'm earning money off the bank's money by signing signatures. So the sort of conversation that George was getting at there was, we're thinking we're selling our hours of project space. The projects that we're in is the ones we're inserting ourselves into. And we have three or four on running at the same time, whereby I stop one, I move to the other. Whereas the real, where we should be thinking is, we have three or four projects on the go that when we create them, they turn into assets that generate recurring income. And indirectly in our conversation of what we're doing on our big film production and play is, that's the film. If we create the courses and the course becomes the asset that's in demand, it will generate a recurring income the next time more customers take it. When we do the course and what a course involves is a generation of an asset of, an, of, of a film or an episodical something, that then is for sale on Netflix or Amazon and can be watched in 40 countries from now till, till, the, till hell freezes over. And as long as a person watches it, you might get a, micros, a microscopic, you know, minuscule couple of cent of something for every time it's seen and shown. But that's the recurring income on an asset generated and keep on giving. The projects that we were talking about, if you can put your energies into is create the asset of a project that can have a recurring income that can keep on giving beyond the time put into it. So if you can find, don't, and not Bitcoin, well, Bitcoin if you want it, horses if you weren't running, it's an asset that has a longevity, a meaningful, that you can control, own, influence, and you know is of value to others that they will pay to have access to. They're the projects. They're the golden gooses. They're the eggs we're seeking out. Pick your game. Pick your battle. Target your time into the meaningful project something. And it's the meaningful projects that I think are, are, are quite important. Because one of the things that we were also talking about recently is is being risk averse. You know, you have to take certain amounts of risk, but they must they must be calculated and not foolish risks. And, and I, I'm looking at Buster Keaton here on the screen as well, and I'm seeing the train, and I'm remembering an example that happened to me when I was six. And I think I've mentioned this before, but my granddad gave me sixpence, the old sixpences, which was like two and a half p as it is now. Um, and he told me to go and play with the one-armed bandit. So I put my sixpence in and I got 10 back. And I went, wow, I got six, I got 10 of these sixpences back. And of course, I started putting them back in again. And I lost each one that went in until I got down to the final one. And I, and I actually, as a six-year-old, went, my granddad gave me this one coin. I did get 10, but I lost the first one. So I've now lost 10 and I've still got the original. I'm going to keep this. I'm not going to let... And from that moment onwards, I didn't like the idea of gambling. 
And that's that's a lesson that was taught to me as a six-year-old. And, and and what it meant was it's it's the risk that you're putting in. I, I mean, I've played cards with friends. We've also done bingo. And I know it sounds a bit sort of daft, but bingo, you've got 90 balls and you can't guarantee which ball is going to go into that machine and come out. You've got no guarantee who's going to win. It's, it's, it's just potluck. You've got no guarantee which card's going to get flicked over to you. It's all a gamble. It's all a risk. And, and I think playing those games, you suddenly realise, you know, you, you, there's nothing, nothing's concrete. You can't guess what's going on unless you've rigged the game in some form or fashion. That's not, that's not the point because you're cheating against other people then. But you've got to, you've got to find a way to be able to make calculated risks in what you're doing so that you're not sacrificing everything that you've built up along your, your lifetime, you know. And we, we mentioned family a short time ago. That's that's something you, you you there is a risk going into your family making sure, but you it's something precious hopefully, and you want to make sure it's secure, especially if you're bringing up children. So you want to make sure that if you're going to buy a home, you want to know that you're going to guarantee that you roughly that you're going to get a good lot of income that could sustain it through those those important years for them, and you're not going to do anything silly that will disrupt their lives because there's a lot of things that they need which aren't just about money. It's, it's about the relationships they have with other people and they want to be able to do things so that you could build up and nurture their lives. So you want to make sure that that's right for them. So you don't want to risk that. You don't want to risk your your, your home. And there are a lot of people, we, I mean, we're talking about the film industry. And my wife said to me, what's the first thing you learn about making movies? You don't use your own money. You know, because if if you are putting, if you're going, that's you're gambling, and, and you have to go to Gamblers Anonymous or something like that, you know, just because you're you're putting at risk so many other people's lives that rely on you to do something that is responsible. And I think that's something that, that you know, there's where the worry comes in for Garvin and myself is that we have responsibilities. Mine aren't as much as Garvin's now because my lads have grown up. They've got their degrees. They've, they're married now. They now have their, one of them has children. The other one's just bought a house you know, each in their own rights are now progressing, but they're making sure that they build upon what they've done in the past. They're not risking it. They want to make sure that they've got some kind of security within the world that we live in, which isn't very secure all the time. But they're trying to manage that risk to make sure that they, they can they can sustain themselves long term. And what we're talking about now is having gone through life, having done the job thing, learned certain skills. Uh, we get to a certain age where ageism has come in and it's prohibiting people of our age from getting certain types of jobs. But we've also got certain skill sets that we never found, that we've learned, we've accumulated. That's where our riches are now. And now having accumulated those riches of our experiences of life, we now want to share that and, and we want to be able to earn from that experience so that we can make sure that we have a, a secure life. Like, for example, I'm my house is 25 years old. We don't want to sell it. We want to live here. But if we want to live here for the next 25 years, God willing, we need to make sure that it's maintained to a certain standard. I've got a fence that's starting to rot away uh, only because the materials used meant that it rotted because of the, the rain. I need to repair that so that there's no risk of it falling in on the neighbours, you know, and, and killing their dogs. You know, there's the, those sort of risks. So I'm now at that point where we need to make sure that we invest in our home to make sure it's secure, that will see us through our old age and have something there for our kids maybe at the end, if we're lucky, who knows. But that's that's why we're now looking at what do we need to do to generate the income that we need to maintain the life that we've got 
so that the people that we love around us can have the life that they would like to have uh, around them at this point. And, and in some cases, their wishes are to spend more time with us. So it's not about us, you know, putting investing our time purely 100% into what we're doing, which a lot of people do. But what you're also doing then, because that's a gamble, is you're sacrificing those around you. And there's certain events that go on that you need to share with your family. Like I have had a parent who had a, a birthday, so we needed time for that. You know, Garvin's going to have his children graduating from one school education, moving on to another school education. And there are going to be times where he want to be there to to, you know, to for those milestones when they've achieved certain goals to celebrate and to make them feel that they've you know been successful and help motivate them to the next stage, which is very very important. And I've done that with my two lads. I've been there with them when they graduated, and I've been in a fortunate situation where I graduated in between the two lads in in one of my qualifications, and they were proud to be there with their dad to celebrate those. Those are the family things; they're important, and and they're not the things that you should put at risk. Uh, because you, you you have this obsession to go off and do something. It, it has to be the second place thing because it's the thing that generates the the, the, the money. It's not the mo the money is not the most important thing. It's the family, the time that you want to spend doing other things. And I think you mentioned you know you don't want to have the cash in the hand. You want to have the ability to be able to fund certain activities that you want to do that you you cherish. And that's the reason why we're putting this effort into the kind of job that we're now doing. And we're seeing a way forward that we that keeps us motivated, makes sure that we enjoy what we're doing, you know, and, and also know where the limitations are, know where the boundaries are. Those are all very, very important things. Then you can sustain yourself because I, I was pushing myself last week very, very hard because I wanted to achieve something. Garvin was saying, oh, no, no, you need to slow down. Uh, and he actually took Garvin to tell me to say, look, George, you need to stop <laughs> because you're going to push yourself into a grave. And that's one of the problems uh, because that's no that's use, no to, use to him. He, he needs me alive. <laughs> I was being selfish yeah. there, actually. He, he thought I was being mindful and careful of him. No. I was going, oh, Jesus, if George dies, I'm in trouble. Oh, I, oh what am I, how am I going to find and clone another George? So, no, I, I played the act of, being caring about you, but no, no, let's, it was let's all change about that. me. Because if that, if you're not there, I have to find a well, new it's, you. It's, it's so not. I've got to take care of you. It's not selfish in one way because it, it is. It is. It's. It's self-interest, which I think is the most. Which is is different from selfish. Aligned interest. Yeah. That's it. Because the thing is yeah. that the reality is that there's a collaboration going on, and and. You need me to be well as I need you to be well because there are, we, we contribute to what we're doing to make sure that this is successful. And if one of us becomes ill because we're, we're pushing ourselves too hard, it doesn't help either of us in any form. So there is this, there is this, this need to make sure the other person is okay. And that, that, that happens in most industries as well. Uh, um, and again, when you're, when you're working away at a project like this, and it could potentially generate quite uh, a, an income for us, if one of us happens to 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 die or anything like that, you have to make sure that you're looking after the people around us. But there's also there's a potential that somebody else could come in who doesn't quite have the same attributes that each of us have, and they could steer things in the wrong direction or even push the other person out because they've taken over. They they've they have a certain way of working. So it is again, it's building up, it's working, it's it's that investment of time, that effort, energy, the way you want to work to make sure that 
the whole system works and, and is sound as, as it moves along. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure we are looking out. We're trying to look out for each other to make sure that the, that the needs, those blind spots that we have, which are those needs that sometimes we sometimes we sometimes may accidentally neglect, not because we're deliberately, but because our, our mind has been pushed in another direction. And we need to make sure we get that balance. It's it, the balance is the, is the most important thing. There was there was a story of um, uh, pilots, um, and it was seen to be that the mentor was the person that kept bringing them back. But what was happening was that they were beginning to realize there was highs and lows. And every time they had a really good sort of session flight, the next one would be really awful. And what they began to realize was that you, you need you don't need the extremes. You need to try and get the baseline roughly right. Then you're not going to have those either emotional or psychological or physical extremes going on because you're getting the balance going right. So that dynamic wave needs to be simmered down a little bit, you know, compression put in there just to keep it in the right kind of level. I think that's important. So I hope that made sense. Now I'm thinking of... Dragon. The weird thing is, not the weird thing, the average thing, the normal thing, the conversations that we have, you're coming from. George comes from the, the we're, we're working from those highs and lows, actually. It's not that it's a low, there's a baseline. And we are, we will be happy if we can feed the kids. Well, well not in George's case, the, Grandchildren. Like the, the starving homeless else, the other, other people's kids. His kids are now fully fledged adults with their own kids and are somewhere else on the planet. But in my case, feed the children and their children's children and future generations and the cats and dogs and they're multiplying by the minute and pay and maintain the houses and all that sort of stuff on the cars and have a certain the certain Maslow hierarchy base level of, of income but we're not in it we hope to end up with that as the minimum but we feel we have a high value something we have the 30 60 years and 100 years of experience between us of the high value somethings that we're going to package and bring to market and bear we're not looking to survive we're looking to thrive that thing self-actualization it's called Exactly. So back to Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. It's what we are doing is we want to process, drive, package and and put in the controls and the process and the procedures and the packaging so that the pieces of people become interchangeable, that it's not overly reliant on us as brand personality. That's what every dragon out there is saying is, I got to be able to shoot you and replace you. And if I can't, you, you're the business. And the, and the business is not, it doesn't exist without you. And a lot of people that go onto those shows, they built a hobby lifestyle business around themselves that they aren't extractable from. Because they want all the, one, the business that need to grow and be sustainable and move you know, beyond time and location need to be process driven branded but not necessarily to the people in the machine if you want an account accountant a can be replaced with b based on a task and activity set at a certain wage level of this is the job there's lots of work work we know when in our machine there's lots of parts but the parts can be 3d printed and replaced at a cost of and the machine goes on and there's no cog that doesn't have a backup cog within an X amount of time that prevents the critical path of the machine moving. So we we if you're in our machine of the one that we're in, it's 
you get to be close to Garvin and George. But if we, for the Dragons Den and the Shark Tank journey that we, we believe we're on in our head, for the story of the Film Production Academy and whether there's one in England and Wales and Georgia, Atlanta, is the brand thereof and the process and the machine of that's operating under certain, certain parameters and circumstances that will deliver each Tesla will operate similar and deliver a quality of service at the price you understand in the wrapping of the brand look and feel of that's the wrapper you're in. That's what we hope to build. If we can build it once for ourselves, it is should be it should act as a template for other locations so that others can go by and others can have jobs in and others can experience. So sometimes because of the fear and the second guessing and the risk and oh woe was me on one side or oh I couldn't possibly on the other or who would believe and because it's not there and proven we have self-doubt and then but in our dreams it seeps in because it's just not there yet because it's a visualization and ideation that we're trying to manifest and every now and again you get to some power and go actually it wouldn't work anyway who would believe it who would buy it oh I have to invest everything in it and when it's there no one wants it. And no one, no one, that's something we're always fearful of. We can go all the way up to have the thing for sale and then there isn't a single customer willing to pay for it. Now, we don't believe that for a moment because everything on the journey was saying, this is the Tesla, this is the Rolls Royce, this is why it's better, this is why you'd want it. If you want that and this is for a better price and more quality, why wouldn't you? You'd be mad. So we've built in all those reasonings of logic and uh, they're in the story. And therefore, there's no reason when we get to the other end, they wouldn't want it unless it was stuck together with sticky tape and masking tape, that it falls apart the first time you look at it, that it just doesn't have the look and feel. It's it's a two-dimensional t- dimensional Tesla. It's not real when you look and touch. That will be the problem. But until it's there, the mind will make it the best thing it can be. And then it needs to be that when you get there, if that's the story you sold. We're, the first people we're selling the story to is ourselves. We, and that's why we question everything to be, it's not good. Uh, that's not the quality I want, but we're thinking perfectionism and 110% of something when everyone else could be satisfied with 70% of what's on offer currently. And that's 100% more than they need. So it's, matching needs to pains to wants to realism to budget to expectation in your mind and then in reality and go it doesn't need to be perfect it doesn't even need to be the best it just needs to exist and if it was there would you buy it and we said that many a time before and we would so and we don't expect to be turning up and putting all this effort in to just get enough for cornflakes and survival because we're building what we believe to be the layer of the golden eggs, why would you be selling it at economy pack chicken price? Why would you be just surviving? You wouldn't be. It's gold. That's what we're going to deliver. You should too. Don't be looking to be second best half rate, turn up, put your time and energy in, find the gold. And gold, people know the value. Or Bitcoin. We're whichever. actually coming to the end of this show again. We, it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly these, these things come to an end. For, uh, but we've covered a lot. We were talking about um, don't let things that you don't know stop you from moving forward when there's something easier that you could just keep on moving with. And I think that's something that we've found. You know, we've had blocks 
in developing certain projects at the moment. And it's just that we there's things we don't know at the moment and they're just blocking us, they're stopping our way forward. But what hasn't been stopping us forward is recording these shows. And they're giving us the opportunity to talk things through and, and work things out and reflect on what it is that we're doing and where we are. And these have been very useful because they're also helping us relate other stories to one another about the journeys that we've been on and what things are important. And I think one of the things that we've realized in this session is that family is important, work is important, and any other project should come third, really, because it's it's a thing that will, will, will stimulate you and motivate you. And as Garvin rightly said, we've actually reached this point in our lives where it's, it's not about just surviving and sustainability. It's about self-actualization. It's about seeing all those activities throughout the whole of our life that we've had an inclination about, putting all the dots together, lining up, linking them together and realizing, ah, that's what it is that we need to do to accomplish something. And now what we're doing is we've reached a certain point in the story of us where we've realized a lot of the component parts, we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the solutions, but we know where we want to go and we're very strong about that. And we're seeing little doors suddenly start to open up. Because one of the things that, one of my ambitions here is, is to see how, how do we put together knowledge so that we can make it into a successful business that will generate an income and start an engine. We don't have to be the ones that see it through right to the end, as Garvin's saying, because at some point we will, there will be the case of, well, we pull that plug out and put this one in and it'll keep it going. You know, but I want to see that come to fruition. I want to see that engine in place. I want to see it working so that other people have the opportunity to see, see their dreams come true because they've been on one of our programs, that they have had the doors open up there, the little cognitive process, the light bulb going on inside their head saying, wow, Eureka, I can now do something I didn't think I could do before. And that's what that's the journey we're on. We want to see that Eureka moment. We want to see the light bulb come on. And then we want to sit down in the dark and watch the picture perform in front of us. That's where we are now. So for me, George, thanks very much for joining us on this, this current episode. Uh, we hope you like and share what you're, you're seeing and hearing with what we're saying here. And we hope you come back and join us again soon on the next episode. So for me, it's bye. And for Garving. Well, I want to create the golden goose and then clone it. And then we'll, sir, then we'll sit back and get those little eggs and we can 3D print them. We can sort of scramble them, fricassee and fry them because they're going to be gold dust all day long of value. And it's don't invest your time wisely. That's it. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.